Good morning. It's a joy to be here, but it's a little precarious. When the pastor leaves and then invites you to speak and then tells you he would like you to speak on giving, that's a cheap shot. So I'm just the messenger. I'm just the postman. Whatever I say is Michael's fault. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 are the two most complete passages in the New Testament on giving. They're a testimony by Paul of one church's, three churches' action for one church. Corinth was challenged in the first epistle of Corinthians to give to a need in Jerusalem. The churches at Jerusalem were in poverty at this time. The Sanhedrin had openly condemned them, posted laws against them, and consequently driving the church of Jerusalem into poverty. They were poverty stricken. And so Paul puts this challenge to the Corinthian church to give to the need of the church in Jerusalem. Now he had mentioned that need in several other places, especially in Macedonia. Corinth is in Achaia, the southern part of Greece. Macedonia, where Berea, Philippi, and Thessalonica are, is the northern part of Greece. The difference between the southern part and the northern part was incredible. There was not much persecution in Achaia. There was not much difficulty in Achaia. The church was fairly well-to-do, the Corinthian church. But in Macedonia, that had been conquered by the Romans, there was no peace there. They were in incredible poverty. Maybe as bad or worse than Jerusalem. And yet in the 8th and ninth chapters, Paul describes an incredible testimony by these churches in Macedonia to give to the churches in Jerusalem. That's incredible. In fact, he says, listen to this, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. 
How that in a great trial of affliction, the word affliction here is persecution of the worst sort. They were stripped of things. They were imprisoned for preaching. They had Jewish teachers who were coming in and teaching contrary to true doctrine. All that was going on. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. They gave what some would have said was impossible to give. In fact, Paul thought they couldn't give a thing. He said he didn't expect a thing from the churches of Macedonia. They barely had two nickels to rub together. But they gave liberally. They gave abundantly. They gave sacrificially to the need of the churches or the church in Jerusalem. We call that today missionary giving. You understand that this whole text is built upon a principle that I think many Christians don't gather to it. That is that giving is a grace. Let me say that again. Giving is a grace. How many know what grace is? Grace is unmerited favor. Christ gave you grace so that you could be saved. Amen? You could not earn it. You could not gain it. There was nothing in you worthy of it, but he gave you grace. Giving is a grace. God gives you the grace to give. And if you think about it, if that's true, and it is, why should I be bothered about giving? All God's people said, don't talk about my checkbook. Why should I be bothered about giving if it's a grace? If God's in control of it, then why should it bother me to give? All God's people said, amen. So I want you to look at this passage with me. And I want to give you three motivations for giving. What motivates you to give? What drives you to give? What's the reason you give? Well, Paul, in his wonderful sense of what a church needs, gives us three examples of giving, and they're found for us in verses 8 and 9. Chapter 8, verses 8 and 9. Let me read them to you. He says this. I speak not by commandment. He didn't tell these people at Corinth, you have to do this. He didn't dare do that. He knew that it was from a willing heart, and it says earlier in this text that they gave from a willing heart. We know that no giving is worth much if it's not from a willing heart. So he says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion for the 
forwardness of others. I want you to look at the forwardness of others. That word forwardness means eagerness. I want you to look at the eagerness of the churches at Macedonia. He said, I want you to see that. He said, not only the forwardness of others, but he said, to prove the sincerity of your love. So two things there. The example of the churches in Macedonia. And number two, to prove the sincerity of your love. All God's people said. The third thing is the greatest example. Verse 9. For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich, all God's people said. Three examples of giving. Three motivational thoughts for giving. And the first one is this, the example of the churches in Macedonia. Write that down. This is a good thing for Paul to do, to challenge the church of Corinth by pointing to, a ch to churches that were poverty-stricken and yet gave. He said, look at their, this church. And he's saying not emulate them, but realize the sacrifice that they gave in order to see the churches at Jerusalem's need met. So he says, I want you first to notice the churches at Macedonia. They, uh, Corinthian church, made a promise commitment of financial help for the church in Jerusalem. And now in verse 8, he gives them this example. Just a couple of things. Number one, they knew the kind of condition that the church was in in Macedonia. Let me give you these things. They were under intense persecution. They were under penalty for preaching the gospel. Consequently, the churches of Macedonia were nearly financially ruined, couldn't hold jobs, weren't allowed to buy and sell. No one could sell to them. They were in a difficult strait, nearly financially ruined, and any reserves at this point were depleted. How many get the picture? That would be like this church and everybody in it losing your job. You would barely have enough to turn the lights on. No income at all. Food was scarce. Clothing even more scarce. Persecution was going on here in Lexington. And you had nothing. Yet you heard the cry of the apostle to help the church in Jerusalem. And you looked at the meager amount you had and did not let that dictate what you were going to give. The Bible says they gave out of their poverty and above their poverty. They gave. How were they able to give to this financial venture? 
1, the Macedonian churches did not give only what they were able to give according to their ability, but beyond their ability. The sense is this. They considered how much they could give from their meager resources and then by the grace of God gave above that. I don't believe in binding the church with a 10% tithe. I don't believe that. I believe grace giving is greater than that. God, by his sovereign grace, saved you. God, by his sovereign grace, can give you the ability to give above what you see as your own ability. He uses this incredible testimony. What they gave they gave entirely on their own. Verse 3 tells us that. They were willing of themselves. They were not pr pressured into giving. They gave willingly, in fact. Verse 4 says, they begged, it says entreated. They begged Paul, please let us give. Now, can you imagine the church here is ready to take an offering? And you people run into the auditorium and say, me, 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 me. I want to give to that. Can you imagine? Whole churches filled with people that wanted to give to the need. Though they did not have it as to their ability they gave beyond their ability. S sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving is giving up something you love for someone you love more. Giving up something you love for someone you love more. We had a guy in our church joined, he had been in our church about two years, and we were uh, committing to a missions commitment for the year, and he began to think about what he could do. He owned a 1965 Ford Mustang, 289. Completely restored. In that time of the, of the year, in that time of our church work, it was worth about $45,000. Today, 100000 He sold that and gave all the money that he got in for his missions commitment for that year. 
all God's people said. Not me. Are you saved by grace? Is Christ your Savior? Are you functioning in the grace of giving? In fact, Paul says, as you abound in these things, faith, the knowledge of the doctrine that they taught, utterance, the ability to speak with eloquence. In fact, it even has a thought of many languages. said, as you have been graced with these things, see that ye abound in this grace, grace of giving also. You're to abound in the grace of giving. It's the only place in the New Testament where, where God speaks specifically about a particular kind of grace and says abound. Abound in this. What are you abounding in? Are you abounding in grace? The second picture or motivation he gave is the example of love. To prove the sincerity of your love. Giving, think of this, giving can measure the sincerity of your love for God. Giving can measure the sincerity of your love for God. They read Matthew 6. Store not up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, thieves break through and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. But the stickler is this next verse. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Write this down. Heart follows treasure. Heart follows treasure. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where's your heart? Well, according to the verses, you're not storing it up here. You're storing it up there. You're investing in the things of God. You know, it takes the average missionary four years now in deputation, if he does that, to get on the field. Four years. Some more. And the, by the time they get to the field, what they've raised is not enough. They not only have to support themselves, pay their insurances, pay for their home, take care of the church they started, support many of the people there who have need with this money that was supposed to be just for their personal care. 
Are you storing up treasures there? Are you putting your treasures there? Listen, that bank will bust. Amen? The president of that bank is God. He owns it all. I proved the sincerity of my love for God by my giving to God. I gave God my life. Did you? If you're saved, you did. I gave God my will. I gave God my family. That was hard to do. Let go of your kids and your wife and say, God, they're yours. About 20 years ago, I gave God my possessions. We practice what's called the Faith Promise Missions Program at our church. What it simply was, was people trusting God by faith to give them their commitment. These people at our church made commitments they didn't have. That didn't make any sense. We walk by faith, not by sight. If you can see it and figure it out, it's not faith. One year I told my wife, this is what I believe the Lord wants us to give. Bless her heart. She just swallowed hard. She looked at me with those eyes that said, you're nuts. So we committed to that amount. We did not have it. So what she did, I don't know if this is trusting God or not, but this is what she did. She kept a record of every single dollar that came in above what we made that year through whatever circumstance or giving or whatever came into our, our house. At the end of the year, when she added it all together, it was twice what our commitment was for Faith Promise Missions. God gave her back to us twice all God's people said this is not a smoke screen folks this is true what does it says to say to prove the sincerity of your love two young missionaries 
19 and 20 years of age, lady with 19, man with 20, just children, kids. They were so impressed by God to go to China in the early to mid-30s that they set sail for Macau, not too far from Hong Kong. There was a Presbyterian mission organization seated there, and that's where they were going. Six or seven months on the ship, they got seasick over and over again. She got terribly sick. Recovered enough that when they landed, they entered into their work. They were in the work in Macau for two months. And she died. Newlywed. Married only eight or nine months. She died. Most people would have come home. He buried his wife there. And he put this on her, her tombstone. As for God, his ways are perfect. He gave his life, and subsequently his life, he died inside. To prove the sincerity of your love, you give. What would cause a person to love God so little that he would not be a generous giver? Benevolence. The third motivation or example, picture, whatever you want to call it, the Bible says is the Lord Jesus, though he was rich, out of the ivory palaces. Amen. He had the splendor of heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, one with the Father, heir, owner of everything. Above all, over all, Lord of all, he left it all. He left it all. And stooped, condescended to become a man. What a stoop that is. Imagine God taking on flesh, being bound by that. And as he grew, he wandered. He said the foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests. Son of man, no place to lay his head. He had no room, no home. He owned no property. He had no job for income. He was poor. But not only was he poor that way, he was poor by becoming sin for us. When he knew no sin, 
that we might be made righteousness. <coughs> he became poor so that we might be rich, all God's people. Do you know you're really rich? Pastor, you don't know where I live. I don't have to. You're rich because you now are a son of God. You now are adopted into his family. You now can have fellowship with Jesus Christ on a moment-by-moment basis. Wait a minute. Someday you're going to leave this, this old world and you're going to take a trip. And when you land on the other shore, you'll be in heaven where the streets are paved with gold, all God's people said. We'll have a mansion. Jesus said so in the 14th chapter of the book of John. We have been blessed. We've been made rich by Jesus Christ. And all I'm asking you to do is to think with Paul about the commitment of those churches, about the sincerity of their love, and about the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ. Grace giving. Are you functioning in the grace of giving? Lord, help us love you, serve you, submit to these things. May we, Father, as a church, this blessed church, these dear, wonderful people, Lord, may we function in the grace of giving like never before. Lord, help us to love you so much that we would be generous and benevolent in the things you've allowed us to have. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.